Hello, be beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, a recovering people pleaser and certified life coach on a mission to help you drop the shoulds, embrace who you are, and live life on your terms. Have you ever thought to yourself, if I could just lose the weight, I'll be okay? This is something that I've been personally struggling with recently. Growing up, I was always an average-sized girl and was always playing sports and very active, so I never really had any body issues. And I remember seeing women around me or women on TV just talking about not liking how they looked, not wanting to be in pictures, hating how their clothes fit, saying the things that they can't eat and had to stay away from. And I was just like, I will never be like that. But here I am struggling with all of those feelings now. Our bodies change as we get older, and it can be a struggle to accept that. So I'm really excited for us to learn from Anne Poirier, an intuitive eating counselor, body image coach, author of The Body Joyful, and the founder of Shaping Perspective, A Woman's Way to Joy. Anne shares with us her personal struggles with her body image, eating disorders, addictions, and how she was able to overcome these challenges. This episode will give you a new perspective on your own relationship with food, your body, and what it means to feel your feelings. You will also see how some of our people-pleasing tendencies can play a part into how we see ourselves. You will learn how to tune into your body, accept yourself, and treat your body with more respect. Enjoy! And thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Before we really get into it, will you just tell us a little overview about who you are? Sure. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here because your podcast and the name attracted me right away. So (laughs) I think uh, just trying to step into yourself is really a a wonderful thing. And so my journey has taken me all kinds of places. Um, Everybody has a story and we all walk walk kind of this different path. And Mm -hmm. mine took me through some, some struggles with weight and food and body image. And so that's uh, that's kind of the back end of the story and struggling with uh, a dis- disordered eating and eating disorders and um, some addictions. And then um, coming out of that, you know, realizing that there had to be a better way and really moving through that. And so that's the story becomes a place of hope and healing and self-care. Um, yeah. I'm a certified intuitive eating coach and a body confidence and body neutrality coach. So all of those things kind of come full, full circle And, um, the journey, you know, has a really good ending (laughs) and it's like, and the ending is really just a break in the the chapters of the book and we're still continuing on. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and life is a journey. It's still, you know, still continuing, but I'm glad that at least at this point it's, you know, the things have gotten better and it's, um, going well. Um, mm. but I do want to, you know, start off, let's kind of go back to when it wasn't going so well. Um, so tell us, take us back to a little bit of like, I guess, when did you first start experiencing some like eating disorder or body confidence issues? When did that okay. happen? Yeah. It started really uh, pretty young, you know, yeah. I was around eight or nine years old when, and it's interesting because I am a little bit older and right now, uh, I think eight and nine is the years that this kind of thing starts. Yeah. It might even be earlier nowadays, you know, five, six, seven, you know, kids are coming home. I know that from my clients that kids, you know, their daughters or sons are coming home and asking about, are they fat or what, what do they, how do they appear to their peers? They're getting that kind of messaging. And so it really wasn't as prominent then, but for, for me, I got some messaging just from experiences in my life, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think some people, some of your listeners can really relate because it's either um, some nicknames, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doctors telling telling parents, oh, you better watch what the, what the child's eating or you got to get them to a, 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 put them on a diet or you've got to send them somewhere so that they'll lose weight or whatever it whatever that is. Yeah. And then, um, and then stores on top of that, I think there's, stores and sizing, all of the sizing is different. And then comparing yourself to your friends. Um, yeah, I think about PE class and gym suits and all of those things were just kind of these messages around myself that I internalized. 
right. you know, like my, my body's wrong. Cause I was bigger than the other kids. It just, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And that led me to trying to find a solution. Yeah. And the solution that's still out there today, which drives me crazy, which is my mission, right. Is that, Oh, you got to go on a diet. You got to restrict food. You got to exercise more. Like those mm-hmm. are the, those are the messages that we get. Right. And that's what really spun me into an eating disorder. Um, and then even though I recovered mostly from the eating disorder, I was 12 to 15 when I had my eating disorder, mm. um, early, you know, in the seventies, uh, in that <laughs> time frame, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about that. So yeah. I, was, I was blessed to have a mom that really fought for me, was mm-hmm. resilient and found me some help. Um, but I still kind of kept all of those thoughts and, and behaviors, right. They are connected thinking that I just wasn't, wasn't good enough. And so Mm -hmm. it stayed with me for many, many years. Um, I went to, I went to college to become a, um, a phys ed major exercise science so that I'll just, I'll go into fitness. Then I'll have to, you know, look the part and I'll have to make Mm -hmm. sure that I stay the right size and, all of that. And that just fed the disorder that much more. So it really right. hung on for a really long time, just because I continued to, and I blame, you know, I don't blame myself, but I, I know it was my own internalization of everything that was happening around me. And that right. this, this is, there's so much out there that we can't get away from it. Right. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, there, there is, there's so many factors there. And I, I mean, there's a few things that I found kind of interesting. I mean, just right off the bat, like of, you know, you said this started for you like around eight or nine, which, you know, was typically normal, but now it's even earlier. And it's, I mean, there's just so much stuff out there and now with social media and like, it's just more stuff is like accessible. And it's, it's kind of a shame that we have so much more out there, but it's not necessarily the right messages that are out there. So, I mean, I love that, you know, there's people out there like you that are like trying to change the narrative And so I'm Mm. curious, you said like part of your mission is trying to change that like aspect of we think we need to like go through all this like dieting and stuff. What is kind of like what you want people to know instead of having to diet is that's the answer. Right. Well, it's so interesting, right? Because what you brought up is social media and it's that just fuels the fire. It's planting more, more of these messages. It's really giving uh, and I always, I always tend to kind of migrate towards young girls, but it, it mm-hmm. hits everybody. It hits, it hits anybody who, yeah. who feels different in any different way. Right. right. And I, I think about, I think about weight and body image does not discriminate. It is for, for all people exactly. can, can, you know, be the victim of that kind of uh, thought process and behavior. And so uh, as I kind of walked my own journey and realized that I was really continuing to hurt myself and continuing to beat myself up in lots of different ways, whether it was negative self-talk or addictive behavior, whether Mm -hmm. the addictive behavior was exercise or eating too much or, you know, like binge behavior or even Mm -hmm. alcohol or just trying to fit in and and be seen, right? So then there's people pleasing and all of those things go along. go along with it. Right. It gets, you get caught in this loop of all of these behaviors that are just, that just keep you kind of stuck, not being yourself, right. Um, Being who you think. And it's so interesting being who you think other people think you should be, you know? (laughs) And so it's so weird how we get our, we get stuck in that, in that space. So, um, for me, really the change came when I said, there's gotta be a better way Mm -hmm. because I learned, um, I went back to school for eating disorders and that's when I, I read a couple of different books and, uh, one was called health at every size by Lindo Bacon. And the other one was intuitive eating by Evelyn Tribble and Elise Reich. And both of those books had lots of different studies in them, you know, research around dieting and restriction and behavior that yeah. date back over 50 years. And, mm-hmm. and really there's this proof that yes, diets work in the short term, but there are, are no studies that, that say that they work over the long term. Mm. And so why, you know, why do we continue to think that's the only answer 
to change ourselves and to fit in with a a tool that doesn't work 95% of the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. And so that's part of, that's part of this mission is to say, these things don't work and there is another way. And the, and the way is to tune into you. You know, mm. let's tune into my body because my body is going to be different than your body, right? Yeah. Ge- um, genetically, it's different as well as physiologically, it's going to be different. Right. Uh, hormonally, it's going to be different. So there's all these different pieces and, and we have to start to think about how does my body react to certain food? How does my body react to the way I think? and talk Mm -hmm. to myself. How does my body react to movement and exercise? Am I continuing to hold on to identities that are people pleasing Mm -hmm. and making sure that everybody's okay? Those are some of these pieces that I just started to step back from and dissect a little bit and start to question some of my own beliefs around all of this. I always thought that this was better if I could if I could just lose the weight, then everything would be okay. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I think part of like what you said in there about like, um, you know, there's the research to show like it works in the, in the short term, but like not the long term. I mean, I think that just goes to like a lot of what we want and do is like for those short term benefits. Like we were like kind of like impatient. We just like want stuff now. And then, so yeah, we think like, oh, if we were just, you know, smaller now, then like our life would be so much better. And like, we just, you know, think about like what's happening in the moment and not really like our future selves or what's really important overall. We just, you know, are looking for those short-term things. Yes, I that, think that's kind of interesting. That, that quick fix, right? Yeah. This, and, and, and it is uh, the solution because this will make everything okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can just do this. So Mm. then, yeah, and I and I really like that. It sounds like it's really about being self-aware about understanding your body. And so I guess, you know, I'm kind of curious to know about how can people find that? Because I think that would be kind of like a balance of like between like what's actually good for my body, but I still am seeing all this other stuff out there. Like I'm still seeing like well, other people look like this. Like, why don't I look like this? How do you know what's truly right for your body and not just, you know, well, this is my body and I'm just going to eat chips all day. Cause I like that. And that's how my body is. You know? <laughs> it's so interesting because we think that we yeah. think that until we do it. And if you do it, then you don't feel so good. Yeah, that's true. And so it, it's actually really starting to understand that this kind of behavior that I think is bad behavior, not only does it not make me feel good, it also sends me into this guilt and shame kind of spiral. Mm -hmm. So then I beat myself up. And so then I feel bad and then I don't like feeling bad. So then I look in the fridge for something else to eat. Yeah, It becomes another kind of a a spiral because one of the things that I think is so, is so important for people to know is that when we eat food, it Mm -hmm. does it does calm us down. It does relax us. It's a, phys- there's a physiological effect to our brain. It yeah. puts us into that, you know, they call it the rest and digest, right? This parasympathetic nervous system. So we take a deep breath and it feels, oh, okay. I'm better. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Until, until the moment you realize you did it. And then all of a sudden, then there's the guilt and the shame and the negative self-talk, which mm-hmm. that doesn't help either. So that right. puts, puts us right back into the stress effect, puts us into a place where we don't feel good about ourselves. I hate myself. And then we either turn towards something that will feel better, which could mm-hmm. be food, or it could be all kinds of things, alcohol, right? Shopping, yeah. scrolling, all kinds of things that don't always help. Um, or we go on to a behavior that doesn't help in a different way, like restriction or, or over-exercise or something mm-hmm. that's going to sh- shift me into this is the solution. I mean, yeah. I think about how many hours, probably not even hours, days when I think about it, that I spent just looking for the next diet. Right. Where, what's the next, what's my, what is going to be the plan that's going to work for me? What's yeah. the next one, right? This, and then that, that continuous search of what, 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 because 
I'm not right. So something out there has got to help me be right. And then you see, you know, the before and afters on social media Mm -hmm. and you see all of that. So when, when, with that question, what you asked, I think it's such an important question to say, what about me? Because my genetics are different. Uh, my experiences are different. My mm-hmm. own, what I think about myself is different. My family is different. My culture is different. There are so many things different about me than anybody that I see on social media. Mm-hmm. If we pause long enough to look at it, right? They, it, this isn't really a good comparison. It's yeah. that old saying, this is apples to oranges where we really can't compare ourselves to anybody because no one is you. Exactly. Period. End of story. Just like that. (laughs) Right. So simple enough. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. We're done. I'll see ya. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, you know, really just makes a lot of sense when you kind of break it down like that and just thinking, and and again, it goes back to that kind of like immediate satisfaction thing, but really Mm -hmm. then like diving deep into, you know, what about me and how is this making me feel and really spending some time of, you know, getting to know like yourself and like what feels good to you, what, you know, what you need and stuff like that. And, and I'm kind of curious, um, like, you know, like when I think of like eating disorders, you know, I think of, you know, like the, um, being anorexic or bulimic and, um, you know, just like having a bad relationship with food and like your body, but, I mean, I guess what else can it look like? And, and I'm just kind of wondering if, if people like, could you have an eating disorder and not realize it? Or is it like people understand that they have it or like, you know, trying to deal with it? That's a really great question. So uh, there's a fine line between disordered eating and eating disorders. They are different. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're different is because of uh, the, uh, the, DSM five, what they call it, you know, this, the, the mental health disorders, they say, these are the, this is what to look for. These are the signs. This is what classifies you as having anorexia. This is what classifies you as having, um, you know, bulimia, but there are, um, a lot of different eating disorders that aren't actually yet kind of exactified. You know, Mm. there's orthorexia now, which is a really different one, which is just eating healthy. So there's that. And then there's ARFID, which is a place where there's a really an anti feeling of foods. Like there's a a sensual piece of foods that just like the senses and the the textures and all of those kind of things don't feel good. And the body does kind of just doesn't respond well. So there are a series of different eating disorders that yeah. are not necessarily classified and they kind of put them all in, all in their own class. But right. when, when you are finding it impacting your quality of life, when it's impacting your relationships, when it's impacting the way that you live your life mm-hmm. and when the brain isn't fully aware of really what it's, it, it just, it goes to what it knows. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the other pieces is binge eating disorder is a really a a large part of eating disorders. And that is uh, like, I'm controlling me because I'm the only thing I can control. Mm -hmm. And that has Mm -hmm. a lot to do with eating disorders in general is this, I know I can control. Once you get, once you get kind of in that loop though, you don't always know that you are aware that you're there. Okay. It's, you know, it, it's usually a lot of other people that might see things, you know, you're starting to isolate, you might start to get an- more anxious, you mm-hmm. might be getting depressed, people think it's oh, if they lose weight, that's that can be one sign, but it right. also can can look a lot different. So okay. it's really seeing what are the other behaviors around eating food, mm-hmm. body image, um, you know, like picking at your body and pulling your shirts and all of those pieces, right. Body body dysmorphia can climb into that as well. And then a lot of times with eating disorders, it has something else that's kind of that attaches to it, Mm -hmm. which could, which could be um, alcohol, or it could be 
OCD, right? So there's all these other pieces that could be that, you know, they call them comorbidities. So there's other things that are kind of coming in to help the person just feel like they're in control and not feel the feelings that we apparently don't know how to feel, don't know how to name, haven't been taught to name, haven't been taught Mm -hmm. that they're right, that there's no right or wrong to feelings. Yeah. Some of that is part of this, this whole story of finding something to hold on to. Right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's, there's a lot to that. And it's like, everything is just so connected with our like mind and body. And I just feel like I'm like just learning more and more about it. And, you know, especially with like us people pleasers trying to take control and put ourselves first. I mean, that could be very well a thing that people, you know, trying to take control of that, but then, you know, doing it not in the healthiest way, um, you know, is I think really interesting to learn about. And so for you, when did you determine like, this is, I need to change, like something needs to change. When was that turning point? Yeah. There are two really kind of, um, I call them turning points in the book. I call them like uh, one of the chapters is called the turning point. Mm -hmm. And it's because I went into, um, I've had knee problems for a while, right. From all the pounding. And I got, I got an injury in college. And so it kind of continued to haunt me a little bit. And so just before I turned 50, I, uh, went in to have some surgery where they were actually going to break a bone to fix my leg. So I could continue to pound on it and continue to exercise and continue to do the things that, that, because that was my identity. This is who I am. I am a fit professional. This is, and I have to look fit. And these are the things they have to do in order to do that. Uh, And when they weren't able to do the surgery and I came out of the surgery and they didn't, they weren't able to do it because my, my knee was not, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. That was where I, I sat back and said, what am I doing? Yeah. Started to do some journaling and realizing that my journals that I'd been keeping, I've been writing the exact same thing in the journals over and over and over Mm. and over again. And it's all, was all about all of this, all of this you know, weight or what am I eating or how much have I eaten or how much have I exercised or it was always that always looking to get approval and acceptance and fit in and Mm -hmm. be be liked, right. The people pleasing pieces being liked. I want to be liked. Yeah. Like me. I want you to see me in a certain way. So I am going to make sure that you do somehow. Yeah. So all of those, all of those things. And that was really when I started to journal and say, I I think I need some help. I think this is not normal. Yeah. And that's when I, when I sought out a therapist, I had seen therapists before, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that they liked me. So I was (laughs) not not necessarily telling them the truth. Uh, So I was was like, I totally get that. (laughs) Like, no, it's like, we're supposed to see the therapist to help us, but we still like, are like, but I want them to like me. (laughs) So we're not going to tell them the whole truth. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. (laughs) So that's, that's, uh, that was part of the deal is that this, this therapist, I'm going to let her not like me. Yeah. And it, it, was the best. I call her my therapist in the, in my pocket. So if ever I need anybody, I, I give her a call. She's, you know, she's a great mentor for me, yeah. but she helped me see my behaviors differently mm-hmm. and really start to link things together. I got some, I went back to school. I got trained as a self-talk trainer. So I started to really understand, like you said, the yeah. mind body connection and how our thoughts can really impact how we feel right. and our beha- and our behavior and our results. So it all is, it's all connected yeah. and understanding that more from a, um, a learning process. He, and I think that's, that helps me a lot understanding the researcher, understanding how things are connected and how I can put things together and connect the dots. Yeah. Then they make sense. When they don't make sense, people can tell you the same thing over and over again. But if they don't make sense to you, yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. 
Right. Exactly. It's like, it's got to make sense for you and you've got to be able to understand it. And yeah, I'm like the same way of just like, I need to know exactly like why, and I need to see some science behind it. And it's like, you know, especially when it comes to like, it's like more like woo woo stuff of like thinking about how your like mind is. And I'm like, but let me see the science too. And then it's like, okay, well, it's back than that. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, I kind of need that proof as well. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. It, it helps to kind of make that connection so, more solid. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, now I get that. So now where do I go? How can I use that uh, mm-hmm. for me? Yeah. not against me as opposed yeah. to, right. And I think a lot of, a lot of my work has been, what am I focusing on? Mm-hmm. When I focus on the parts of my body that I hate, when I, when I can't pull my mind away from particular foods, what am I focusing on and how can I shift? Is it a helpful focus mm-hmm. or is it a harmful focus? And then how can I, I actually, I use that term step back from that and take a deep breath and go, okay, if that's not a helpful focus for me to just continue to beat myself up because of the size of say my, my thighs or something, Mm -hmm. but how can I look at my body differently? How can I actually say, well, my thighs do this and they allow me to do this and they allow me to do this. And I can, you know, that starts to change the focus. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my legs are pretty awesome. They do all these great things. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. I like that idea of like thinking, is it a harmful or helpful focus? You know, cause I have heard the things of like, Oh, thank your body for all that it does. And it's like, I mean, like, yeah, it does it, but it still looks like this and I'm not like loving it right now, (laughs) but it is true. Like, but is that a helpful thought? And if it's not, if it's a more harmful thought, like what else can I think about and focus on? Mm -hmm. And that is such a, like that, um, the term body neutrality is, but much bigger now. And that, when that, uh, I started to work around that concept. Um, now it's been about seven years ago because I was in a place I was in, I was working in a facility with women who struggled with weight and food and body image Mm -hmm. and there was a body image class and they, they mentioned this concept, body neutrality. And once I started to really embrace body neutrality, I felt it took the pressure. I don't have to love my body. I never have to love my body if I don't want to. And that's okay. I also don't have to hate it. Yeah. (laughs) And how can I fall in the middle somewhere and quiet my brain and not obsess and focus always on the stuff I hate? But how can I really just appreciate the things that it does right now? I don't have to love it. I don't have to like all of the things about it, but I also can't allow myself. I can give myself permission, right? Yeah. To like, to, to like some of the things that my body does. Right. Yeah. So will you tell us a little bit more? So, I mean, I guess body neutrality is just that of like not loving or not hating your body. And then I guess like, how does that play along with like the being body positive and, Mm. and can body positive, like be toxic in any way or like, what are your thoughts? (laughs) I do think it can be, I do think it can be. So I think of it on a continuum. So on one side, there's body hate on the other side, there's body love. And, and there are probably some worse words than hate and, Mm -hmm. you know, some other words other than love. But if we're looking at, at that as a continuum, body neutrality is somewhere in the middle okay. and it is a fabulous stepping stone on our way to starting to treat our bodies with more respect. Mm. And the word respect is a, is a helpful term that connects with body neutrality. It's more about the function of our body, not how the body looks. Yeah. So one of the terms that I use is it's turning down the volume of society, mm-hmm. right? Society's thin ideal was what, what the term I, I use and has been used, you know, so this, this society that is always promoting a certain size body, which always change year changes year after year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's in these days? <laughs> yeah. So we never really know anyway, but there is an ideal yeah. and that, so we can quiet the voice of what we're being, what's being pushed on us. We can also quiet the voice of the negative self-talk that we may have had for, for decades Mm -hmm. or years and years and years about our bodies. 
And so we quiet, we quiet some of that down. We start to shift it. How can I shift my focus? How can I shift my thoughts? Uh, They don't have to be, I love my body. They don't have to be, my body is awesome. Mm -hmm. They can be as simple as uh, my body can get down on the floor and get back up and my body. And it sounds silly, Mm -hmm. but it's also part of a change in thought process. Yeah. A change of perspective of ourselves. And if we're continuing to beat ourselves up, that's not helpful. Right. Usually spins us into behavior. That's not really all that good for us or that feels crappy. Yeah. I I think so many people will scroll and just continue to feel worse and worse about themselves because they're continuing to compare and the same voices come in and the same mm-hmm. uh, internal stuff. And it, it becomes this uh, very uncomfortable, tons of shame, lots of guilt. Then there's worry, then there's anxiety, then it get, you get depressed. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm just like, I've been there for sure. And it's like, why do we do that? Why do we, um, beat ourselves up and like, you know, do that scroll. That's like not feeling helpful. Like, why do you, do you know? <laughs> I think that there's some addictive behavior to it. Number one, right. Yeah. We, we know that there's some addictive pieces of that um, social media itself. And part of when I work with people around body image, part of it is to really notice what posts, what people, what people do you follow that mm-hmm. don't make you feel good, that, yeah. that loud in that voice, that really turn that volume up on your own comparison, criticism, judgment, shame, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to unfollow the people that bring that up, and if they're friends, there's other ways that you can connect with them. Right. So it's really, really hard, I think, for for younger generations and the generations to come mm-hmm. because of all the things that are out there now that are just pressing yeah and you know how can how can you as an individual take control of your own health and well-being mm-hmm. by saying these are not really good things to follow and these are make me feel better they inspire me there's so much out there now yeah that is that is positive and that's not necessarily body positivity, just positive and helpful and under you you understand and you can learn and so much about self-care and mental health and depression and anxiety. There's so many things that you can find Mm -hmm. that help and make you feel good. So how do you, I think about it as, um, you know, it's, you clean up your own social media feeds. Yeah. And that's part of the, that's part of the process. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like, I mean, I think social media can be such a blessing and a curse for that reason. Cause it's like, you know, we've got all this information out there, but it's like, what do we want to choose to give our attention to? And I mean, yes, we can just like unfollow the things that aren't making us feel good and like fill our feed with more of the things that do make us feel good. But it's like, we actually have to take the time to, to listen to ourselves and like what actually, what we actually need, not, not just what we think we should be paying attention to or like what everyone else is doing. So it's very mm-hmm. much being self-aware and like learning more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I want to talk about your book that you wrote, The Body Joyful. Will you tell mm-hmm. us like, you know, what the book is and how that came about? Sure. Well, it is, a, it is my story. It's kind of half memoir and then half uh, my journey out yeah. of that place. So it is a little, like a little self-helpy, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it kind of goes, it goes along both, both journeys. It goes from, this is how I can now really track why I thought mm-hmm. the way I did, why I fell into an eating disorder, why I made some of the choices that, that I made. And by by laying it out like that, mm-hmm. there is this, there's this validation of, well, it's no wonder that I went towards that direction. It's no wonder I made that choice. Mm-hmm. And when you see things like that in your life, it really allows you some compassion for yourself. Yeah. It's like healing. To, 
Mm. As opposed to always blaming myself. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? If I had only done this and that's really what the, the story is about is just saying, Hey, we get these messages. We repeat the messages. We set ourselves up to make sure we can prove the messages to ourselves mm-hmm. that that's the way our brain works. You know, yeah. One, once, once we think, um, oh, I'm fat or, oh, I'm ugly or, oh, I'm too tall, whatever it might be, we just will find evidence. Our right. brain will find evidence regardless. And yeah. that's the way the brain works. <laughs> and so that, and understanding that, well, I can say, well, it's no wonder because of all of these messages, this is what I felt. Exactly. And these are, these are the behaviors that I did to, to make myself feel different or better or fit in or do whatever those things are. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole journey out is really this uh, self-discovery the journaling, the meditation, the, the playful movement, the, you know, going back to school and what I learned in the research. And so there's a lot of, you know, just um, evidence-based information. There's yeah. lots of people that were on my journey that helped me a lot that are, that a lot of them don't know me from a hole in the wall, but they were part of my journey, you know, because I read mm. their book. Book, yeah. or I saw there, I saw a couple of videos or I saw, I went to a class or whatever that might be. Right. And so I, I try to lay out um, some experiments for people. Each chapter has little step backs where people can ask some questions of themselves. And if they want to, you know, discover a little bit more about what some of their self-talk messages are, what some of their thoughts are about themselves or about their body or what are their, some of their behaviors? What are some of the ways that they want to be seen in their Mm -hmm. identities? So I, so there's a lot of that, that you can kind of discover if you choose to discover uh, and do some of those step backs. So that's, that's the journey of the book. And at the very end, I have kind of a cliff note section where people just want to, you know, they read the story and they understand. And then they want to just like, Oh, what's kind of these cliff notes they can, yeah, <laughs> take, a, take a little read through that so that it gives them a little bit more of a concept of these are the things that are important and you can choose to do them anyway that feel good to you. Right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I love that you're sharing, you know, the journey that you went through and then providing exercises so that people can have their own journey and, you know, discover, you know, more about themselves and like what, what they need to do. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you said about playful movements and I want to know more about like, what does that look like for you? And then I guess before, like, you know, you're, um, I guess you went into physical education. I went into fitness, right? Okay. So I was yeah. a, a, yeah, I was a, a group exercise that was called an aerobics director in the day. Love so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so the eighties uh, era, um, but it was uh, such great music for aerobic exercise during that time. So I was yeah. an aerobic instructor <laughs> and director and did a lot of that. And now movement is for myself, as well as the clients that I work with, it's all about what feels good to you. Yeah. Um, what does your body enjoy? Mm-hmm. Because if we can make movement and exercise about function, right. Being able to do the things that you want to be able to do. Um, and also a want to do not yeah. a should or a have to do. Yeah. Because if it's a want to do, we want to do it and we will do it. Right. If it's a should or a have to, or if I don't have time or it's not going to, it's not worth it or all of those, or if it's going to hurt, Yeah. (laughs) doesn't sound like I want to do it. (laughs) Exactly. So it's really trying to find ways that you can move your body that you enjoy and love. And so my body now, when I move, it's all about, uh, where I want my body to take me. You know, Mm -hmm. I always want to be able to play with a grandchild, right. Get down on the floor and get up and be able to bend over. And those guys, so I want to be able to do some of those function functional things and pick him, pick him or her up and do those kind of things. And then I also just, I love to dance. Mm -hmm. I love to walk. I love nature. So those are kind of the movements that I do. I, I yoga feels really good to me. Yeah. Not every day, but you know, so that pops in. To, so I have all kinds of different ways that I move 
It mm-hmm. just is very different. There's no structure necessarily. It's more about what my body is, is looking for that particular day. And, right. Um, if it needs rest, it needs rest and that's okay too. Yeah. So, and I, I like that you bring up that it's, you know, not necessarily every day and that, you know, the rest is important. Cause I think that's the other thing that people can kind of get into of like, Oh, I've got to do it this way, or I've got to work out and it's got to look like this. And I've got to go to the gym, but then it's like, but I hate going to the gym. So then I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's just so many different ways and, mm-hmm. you know, use that word earlier about experiment. And I think like life really is an experiment. Like, so it's like, what can people do to experiment, to find like their own playful movements? Cause there's so many different activities out there. Like I myself have gotten into yoga. I never thought I would, but now I like love it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's just like be playful and, and go out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And find and, things that you enjoy. That's yeah. the key. Yeah. Exactly. And then, so like, you know, you said that with your journey, you know, it started out and like, wasn't so great, but now you're like on the other side of it and like things are happier and you're feeling better. Like, do you still struggle at all? Like with eating or with your body or anything like that? Or is it, what's it look like now? You know, I think that there, that's a, that thank you for asking that because I don't think uh, people really always realize that yes, there are down days. Mm-hmm. Life is never always, we get fed this. You can be happy all the time. And right. <laughs> that's just not true. Yeah. You know, there are things in our lives that are hard. There are things that are lives that are sad. There are things in our life that make us angry or frustrated mm-hmm. and to be okay with all of those emotions and to understand them. And so I've done a lot of work for myself around emotions and emotional, I don't want to say regulation, but, but allowing and managing them yeah. so that I am okay with whatever I feel like I get to validate myself if I feel a certain way. Cause I don't need somebody else to validate me because it's my feeling. And I, right. tell, I tell other people the same thing. So uh, when I have a hard time, I have my list of things that I know that I can go to. These are the things that I know help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are the tools that I, I use. A lot of times it's journaling or taking a walk or listening to music So there's all kinds of things that I, that I enjoy and everybody has their own, I don't know, tools, Mm self-care tools or tips that they can go to that will help them feel better. And I also think it's really important to understand that sometimes we just might want to sit in, um, I call it sit in the suck. Um, (laughs) Sometimes we just want to, because we don't feel good. And, you know, I just want to sit here for a little while. I'm not going to sit here for 10 days or Mm -hmm. three years, like I used to, but now I can still, I can still sit in this place and feel the feelings and know that it's okay to feel them and Mm -hmm. be sad or be angry or be frustrated. And what can I control? What can I not control? What can I do with these feelings? If there's nothing, if it's all, it's out of my, my hands, I cannot like it. And okay. Mm -hmm now, now what, Yeah. where where am I going to go from here? And, um, I, I, I think it's kind of a a cool description if you visualize this big hole Mm -hmm. and sometimes the hole is just really comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody at the top is saying, Hey, come on up, come on, I'm up, you know, (laughs) get out of there, get out of there. That's not helpful. And you say, I am quite fine down here. I will come up when I'm ready. And the ladder is there. You can climb out anytime you want, but sometimes just, I don't need any help. I'm just going to hang out here. I'm going to feel my feelings and then I'll climb out after. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like that visual yeah. a lot. I mean, cause yeah, I, I totally just can understand like, yes, there are moments where it's just like, I, I kind of want to be here and I like that sit in the suck and, and that it's okay. Cause I think a lot of times, um, we beat ourselves up for having feelings when it's just like, no, your feelings are normal and valid and you can validate themselves, validate them for yourself. You don't need other people to tell you because other people don't, they're not you, they won't get it, but yeah, just honor your feelings and then like what you need. So I really like that. And, you know, I like that you're just like honest about like times, not every day is great, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the times, the times in the suck are much different now, right? Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not angry with myself or feel 
bad about myself because I'm having this feeling. I realize I'm allowed to have this feeling and that just makes the feeling okay. Yeah. Versus wrong, wrong Mm -hmm. or bad. You're a bad person or that's wrong. You shouldn't have that feeling. Mm-hmm. Those are really different ways of feeling a feeling than oh, for no, sure. I, I can feel this and I'm going to hang out here for a little bit and just feel it and do whatever I need to do to feel it, whether it's cry or, you know, yeah, take, take a walk and, you know, uh, whatever <laughs> that event or whatever I need to do. And then, you know, then I'll, I'll come back and be better after. Yeah. Um, exactly yeah it's all about um you know moving forward with it because yeah it's like when you beat yourself about it you just go down that rabbit hole and it's negative but if you just live with it you can then get over it you know quicker and and move on um Mm -hmm. and I always love to ask like how has being yourself just like led to your success and just I mean how you're living life Mm, you know it has been such a change in the way that I live And the book really came out of the fact that I accepted my journey and I saw my past. uh, I I use this, this quote, um, my past led me to my purpose, Mm -hmm. that all of the things that happened in my past really brought me to this place where I don't want um, the generations to come to feel like they have to look a certain way or to Mm -hmm. feel like they're going to be judged for how they look and to really take this, uh, I don't know if it's a fight, but uh, take a different stance and have Mm -hmm. a different conversation around weight and food and body and diets and all of those things and say, we don't have to buy in. We don't have to jump on that bandwagon. We don't have to, you know, run on that hamster wheel or treadmill, we can step off. We can choose to step off and say, no, I'm okay with being me. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'm, you know, that's okay. You don't, you don't have to. Right. But yeah. <laughs> it, it's not, it, it's not always about that because we're the only one living our life. No one else is living it for us. Exactly. And so we get to kind of choose our path. Um, yeah. And not have other people choose our path for us. Exactly. And that's, and it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> it's hard and it's so worth it. It's so yeah. worth it. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's just like, I always think of like, um, everything is a choice and it's just like, you got to choose your hard. Like, yeah, it's hard to, you know, really live who, based on who you're supposed to be, but it's also hard pretending that, you know, you're someone else and trying to be happy when you're unhappy. So that's hard too. I love <laughs> like it. I love it. Rather. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Choose your hard and choose your uncomfortable. Sometimes right. choosing uncomfortable over comfortable is not easy. And yet mm-hmm. it does lead to being more authentic and feeling more, you know, part of your comfortable in your skin. Yeah, so exactly. That's, that's part of all of this too. Yeah. So, mm. And so where can people, where can they um, buy your book and then just like connect with you and stay in touch with you? Well, they can get the book, uh, you know, it's on Amazon or or where books are sold. Uh, And if if any of your, I I have a gift for your listeners. If anyone wants the book and doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to get the the hard copy. Mm -hmm. um, If they just write book in the subject line at and at the bodyjoyful.com, I will send them a digital copy um, for free. So oh, thank the you. message, it is really about getting the message out that they're not alone. And, um, that's really what the writing the book is all about too. So that's yeah. a gift for them. And that's where they, you can find me. And then I also, the other piece is the body joyful revolution, which is a private Facebook community where we're changing the conversation around bodies and food and eating. So those are the two, two spots people can if they want to connect, get the book, yeah. they can do that or join the, join the revolution. Awesome. I love it. And then what, what final message do you want to leave with people today? Oh, you kind of said it. You have choice. <laughs> yeah. You have choice and your thoughts are not you. Mm. So, you know, you, you can step back from your thoughts and go, I don't have to hold I, I don't have to think that I can yeah. choose to think something else. That is just a program thought that I've had for a lot of years, probably. Right. And I've repeated it 
repeated it over and over and over again. And I actually, it's not really helpful anymore. Yeah. And it probably was helpful, right? It probably was very helpful at some point in time right. and, Yeah. You know, to make sure you know that. And now it's not very helpful anymore. Mm. So I that's can- a, that's a really good point of like, yeah, it probably was helpful at one point in your life and it probably protected you, but it's, you don't need to hold on to those thoughts and they're not you anymore. So yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. And yeah. I, you know, I just want to tell share, share with your listeners that I have been yeah. nodding the whole time we've been talking <laughs> So that. I think it's, you know, it's important to know that, that the, the connecting of thoughts that we're sharing is, is very real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, just, like, I love conversations like this. I mean, they're just, it's always just like so eye opening just to see like another perspective. And then, you know, it's like I related to so many things that I was just like, I didn't really think about that before. So I was just like, I always love these conversations. And I love that you are, um, you know, having a, rev- a revolution and changing how people should think about themselves. And yeah. yes, just thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And I greatly appreciate what you're doing. So thank you. I learned so much from Anne, and I hope you did too. This has been so helpful for me to adjust my thoughts around my body and not think so much about what it should be like. A few of my favorite takeaways are to think about what are you focusing on, and is that helpful or is it harmful? And the concept of body neutrality and that you don't have to love it, but you can treat it with respect. Like I found that so insightful and important. And my favorite, I think, is to sit in the suck. That was really validating for me to know that it's okay to feel the feelings, that I don't need to beat myself up over them, but allow myself to sit with them and then just take the next step. And be sure to connect with Anne and get your copy of her book, The Body Joyful Revolution, to help you change the way that you think, move away from the diet culture, and find more joy when it comes to your body and your life. And I'm going to put all of her info in the show notes. And did you find yourself nodding along to this episode as well? If you found this episode helpful, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with a friend, tagged me on Instagram, or wrote me a review. It means the world to me, and I would love for our message to get out there. It's time to treat your body with respect. It's time to tune in to who you are and what you need. It's time to be you.